Welcome to Shelf Logic, the official podcast of the Maricopa County Library District. I'm Michael. And I'm Leslie. And this is Short Story Long. So today we're going to talk about short stories. In the amount of time that you'll listen to this podcast, you could already be done with the first short story of one of these books. Yes. And that's kind of a fun thing about short stories. You don't have to commit as much time. Like sometimes you get into a novel and you don't feel like you're ever going to finish and it gets discouraging. Maybe you don't even feel like you like the novel, but you already feel committed into the novel. With short stories, you could read one. You could read the whole book. It's way easier to opt out and the amount of time commitment is a lot less. And I think for a lot of readers, that's really helpful. It is, yeah, because sometimes it feels like you don't have time to read a whole novel. Sometimes you feel like a failure, like, oh, no, why can't I commit to this whole book? But with all these short stories, it just gives you so many different options to explore so many different worlds within one 300-page book. Right. So, yeah, it's like more bang for your buck. You can get 10 stories through 300 pages, or you can get one story through 300 pages. And I think we all know that we've all read a novel where it's like, man, this guy could have wrote this in about half the amount of time. I mean, that feels like that happens to me a lot, actually. Oh, yeah, yeah. So short stories, it's like all killer, no filler. They just take out all the uh, parts that you don't need and just get to the plot. Yep, totally. So we're going to talk about three different short story collections today from three younger authors. All these authors are under the age of 40, and all these books actually came out in the last five calendar years. So we have What It Means When a Man Falls from the Sky by Leslie Nekaarima, and that came out in 2017. We have What Is Not Yours Is Not Yours by Helen Oyeyemi, which came out in 2016. And then Orange World and Other Stories by Karen Russell, which came out in 2019. So that's the newest one that we have. Yeah. It's Karen Russell. I'll say from the get-go here that we have all these books in print, and overdrive ebook and e-audio so you can get these both like on your ipad or your phone or you can check them out from the library what is not yours is not yours we also have in large print and cd so a lot of options with these books do you want to start with our first book yeah okay so the first one is what it means when a man falls from the sky i will tell you what my favorite story was in this book It is Who Will Greet You at Home. And this is actually a short story that I read a couple years ago. It was published in The New Yorker. And it's a real interesting tale about a reality where women don't really have babies in the the traditional sense. You make your baby and your mother brings it to life. Yeah. So you make your baby out of a different, like an item. And depending on what item you use... It will kind of, in a sense, determine what kind of baby you have. So the main protagonist of the story was made out of mud. And she doesn't want to have a baby that's made out of mud because to her, it seems like a mud baby like herself would only get very remedial like jobs and like people wouldn't respect the baby or as much as it grows Mm -hmm. up. So she tries a bunch of different kind of items Most of them don't work out for her. So I won't give away too much of the story, but she ends up making a baby out of hair because she works at a barber shop. Mm -hmm. And apparently there's a legend about hair babies end up cannibalizing the mothers. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
And it goes from there, but uh, it shows what kind of stories we're dealing with. <laughs> now that sounds pretty weird, I think probably, but it really works. There's a, it's a very much a, like a cultural type tale. Like all of the stories in this book uh, revolve around like Nigerian culture. The author was born in England, but she's a Nigerian author. This book was really well, I guess, reviewed. And she, I mean, she's won a lot of awards, at least four of them so far. Yeah, in the library world, some of these are pretty big, like the Kirkus Prize. I almost liked all of the stories. My least favorite was probably one called What is a Volcano? I will mention real quickly, like, it's kind of like a battle between the god of ants versus the god of rivers. So, yeah, but most of these are just slice-of-life Nigerian stories, really. Like, a lot of the characters are just in Nigeria or from Nigerian ancestry and just kind of a slice-of-life. Okay. That's a little different than our other stories, too, which is good to mention, because the two other stories that collections that we decided to read are... Actually, very different from that. They're not slice-of-life ones at all. It's kind of unfortunate that the one story that I would say is my favorite was not very slice-of-life-y. It was very much had that fantasy element to it. And the other books are way more heavily in that genre, you know, like fantasy elements. Do you want to move on to the next one? Yeah. So I read What Is Not Yours Is Not Yours. Um, that one was actually really good. The author had a lot of imagery that involved keys and, like, locked doors. Okay. Or having secrets that are locked away. And they all kind of bled through all the stories. So as you're reading, sometimes some characters would appear in the next works. And you'd be like, oh, I remember that name for the, from the previous one. Okay. Um, so it was really important to read them in order if you were going to read them. Because you can see the development as it went along. But if you were just stopping in to read one story, that's totally fine too. Because each one was good in their own right. And you'd have to read the other ones to understand them. My favorite from this one was called A Brief History of the Homely Wench Society. Is this the one you told me about a little bit? Yeah, so this is the one about, um, it takes place in modern times, and they're on a college campus. And it's pretty much a rivalry between a fraternity and this society of women that started um, based off their history with that fraternity and how they didn't get along. And so they have this like rivalry going where they're sabotaging each other. That one was actually just really good, and I felt like that would make a good movie. Like It just was very entertaining and came full circle by the time it was done. There's one that you read with me as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dornica and the St. Martin's Day Goose. Yes, that is about as weird of a story as I, a short story as I've read. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and we've read a lot of weird short stories in this uh, bunch. But yeah, that one is kind of a retelling of Little Red Riding Hood. Yes, which is surprising going into it because I didn't remember or realize anywhere in there that it was going to happen. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, it's Little Red Riding Hood. Oh, cool. <laughs> it's not for it's not for kids. It's like a different no. kind of Little Red Riding Hood. It's sort of like the original, even past, like, it's not the Little Red Riding Hood of Brothers Game, but like even past that. Like, yeah. It's like ancient fear of the woods, and the wolf is like this ancient entity, even in, in this retelling. Right. Cause, it. Well, it's not even a wolf. It's like a some kind of creature with a wolf skin over the top of yes. it. Yes. Yes. That one has everything. It has hip injuries, tumors, geese. <laughs> A lot of good stuff in that one. Yep. The, the red cape was a big deal. <laughs> yep. And then the mining town. It was a mining town. Oh, wow. We don't want to give away too much. You really should just read it because it will really blow your mind. <laughs> <laughs> this author has won awards also, been nominated for different kinds of awards also. She's a British author, but she has Nigerian ancestry. 
also. Yes. And she lives in Prague currently. Well, you know now because I had told you, but uh, did you know that she wrote her first novel while in secondary school? So, like, the equivalent uh, high school? In a- oh, yeah. Which is pretty impressive. She's very prolific. Like, whereas the first author, we basically reviewed her one mm-hmm. book that she's had out so far. This author has a bunch of novels. She does. She has quite a few. She's more of like, she has a bunch of novels, and this is her only short story collection. Mm-hmm. But reading those short stories, each one was individually unique in a way that I want to go read her novels now. There's a lot of what has been marketed as magic realism in there. Yeah. I mean, she has a new book coming out soon. I mean, by the time that people hear this podcast, it might already be out. It's called Pieces. Mm-hmm. But if it's not out yet, you can always jump on the wait list if you're listening to this. Yeah. But that obviously is a full-length novel, and today we are more into the short stories. Yes. So, I think we should move on to Karen Russell. Good old Karen Russell. Good old Karen Russell. We have a long history of reading Karen Russell, don't we? We do, here here with our group here. Yes, our group of two. (laughs) Our group of two. So, today we're talking about Orange World, but previously... Yeah, I read uh, Vampires in Lemon Grove a couple years ago. How did you hear about that one? It's one that Michael gave me as a gift. I gave you a gift? Yeah, you gave me a gift for Christmas one year. Whoa! And it was this Karen Russell book. Wow! What did you get me? I got you a card. (laughs) What did it say? I don't remember. I don't remember either. It's been too long. (laughs) That's pretty heartfelt right there. If you still have it, you can read it and you can let me know. I actually threw it away. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway... We <laughs> Vampires in the Living Grove, you had read previously, so you already knew a little bit of what you were in for with Orange World here. Yeah, so Karen Russell is interesting because each of her books are really good, like or her short stories. Her one novel did get nominated for a Pulitzer, but uh, she is more thought of as a short story writer. Mm-hmm. But yeah, when, like my first experience with Vampires in the Living Grove, and her stories are... For lack of a better word, very strange. Yeah. They are very strange. I think you'd call it weird fiction. I know that's actually a term. I guess, like, I'm trying to think of who would be considered weird fiction. I guess, like, uh, Lovecraft is weird fiction. But she's not horror necessarily, but there are elements of horror in a lot of her stories. Yeah, there's a few stories that are more definitely horror, like, especially, like, the ones that I had read. But they're not horrifying. Like, they're not over the top. No. They very much make you question. Yeah, it's more like weird than and strange, and maybe they make you feel uneasy than it is scary. It's more about the uncanny. So I know what my favorite story is because this is another one that I read in the New Yorker a couple of years ago. If anybody's out there and they are into short stories, you can always check out the New Yorker with an MCLD library card. Oh yeah. And that's where I find a lot of the new upcoming short story authors, two of which we're highlighting today, I found from there. The story Orange World. Yeah, Orange World. So great. It's one that I I had to read. All my favorite stories are about motherhood. They are, strangely enough. Yeah. Yeah. I have have no children. I'm not a woman, but I really like short stories about motherhood. Yep. And that's okay. That is okay. That's okay. Anyway, this is kind of a story about what you would do to protect a new child and the kind of the bargaining that goes into wanting to keep your child safe in a world that is filled with things that could happen to any of us at any time, really. The tale becomes kind of a deal with the devil 
Literally. Literally. Because, yeah, yeah a demon is in the story, or a, a minor mm-hmm. devil of some nature yeah. is in the story. And basically, it's a mom making the deal with this devil to keep her newborn child safe. Is This sounds like this is a horror story, but I almost feel like this is kind of a comedy. It's really more of a comedy, yeah. It's, yeah, it's most definitely not horrifying. By no. Means. It's, like, really just, like, the struggles of, of motherhood. And it seemed very real. Like, I'm not a mom. Michael's not a mom. Uh, one of our staff members is, and she actually, we had her read it with us, and she explained that it actually was very real to the experience of having a child and the fears in everyday life that you have. What up, Petra? We see you. <laughs> but, yeah, Orange World was very, very good in that, like, even though I'm not a mom, I could relate to it, and I could see the struggles that were happening. I mean, in the story, basically, they talk about Green World, which is, like, your ideal world where, like, nothing is wrong. Like, everything is perfect. There's no danger for your baby. Then Orange World is, like, the reality that most of us live in, where it's like, wow, I can't afford a new crib. I guess we'll have to get a used one. It's like, eh, that's kind of Orange World. Uh, You know, like, anything where it's like you're cutting a little bit of a corner. Even though it might not be much of one, you, like, know that there's a a way you could do something better, you know, but you just, like, uh, for many reasons, like, people can't afford it or they don't have the time to do everything as perfect as possible. Yeah. And then there's a red world, which is, like, the world that everybody's scared of. It's, like, the world where it's, like, I have to save my child from nuclear warfare. I have to, like, you know, anything that could happen or more realistically, like, kidnapping or something like that. Yeah, the mother really, in her head, lives in the red world and the mother's group, kind of makes her realize that it's not always going to be the green world. you got to be okay with the orange world. Yeah. Kind of. That's what I take away from it. I don't want to spoil the story itself, and the journey is worth it to go through, I feel like. Oh, yeah. And the, like we said, the time commitment with all these stories are like, depending on how quickly you read, it's really like an hour of your time if, yeah. at max. Like, it's less time than that. Most of these stories are less than 50 pages. So it's like... Oh, yeah. The longest short story is going to only take you probably around an hour. I mean, if it takes you a little longer, no shame in that. But yeah. uh, for the most part, you can count on getting through a short story in anywhere from minutes to, mm-hmm. you know, about an hour. Oh, yeah. So you read one other story from the Orange World book called The Tornado Auction. Yes, I did read Tornado Auction. That's another one you were talking about, so that's, that's another one I picked. The reason I was talking about it is because Leslie proclaimed it the next Grapes of Wrath or something along those lines. Well, I only proclaimed it that because after he explained it to me, it just sounded very Grapes of Wrathy, and I know that that was not right, apparently, because <laughs> Michael is a huge Grapes of Wrath fan, and it was like, how dare I proclaim that this story about a tornado farmer is anywhere close to the struggle of the Grapes of Wrath. Correct. You did hear correctly, Tornado Farmer. <laughs> yes, in the story, he raises tornadoes like you would raise cattle. The story's about, I guess you would call them kind of, they're kind of farmers. They're farmers, yeah. Yeah, but they farm weather patterns. Yes. So this guy's really into tornadoes. Mm-hmm. And raising a tornado from like a little spiral into a big destructive power. Yeah, it was like his dream. He even mentions in there his dream is for his tornado to join some weather system that came through and become like the massive, most destructive tornado to ever exist. Yes. That's something he always wanted, his dream. The character I would definitely say is suffering from depression and stuff like that. He is. He's older too. He's in his 70s. Yeah. But uh, what you just said there in this story is not malicious. Like, it is more like a dream of any tornado farmer, I feel like. Who hasn't woke up thinking, like, I really want to see a destructive tornado, right? Right. I mean, like, it's interesting because in this world, when they... (laughs) 
<laughs> they talk about it. You disagreed with that, by the way. Yeah. In this world, they even describe how like weather patterns are used. Like the tornadoes, when they're grown, a lot of times they would use them to help demolish buildings and things. Right. But it got to the point where it was too destructive and people were actually dying that they had to regulate it and take it back a little bit. How about them tornado riders, though? Yeah. Like at a rodeo. <laughs> like a- this Karen, Karen Russell, we just like, we love her so much. I need to talk to Karen Russell <laughs> at some point in my life. Yeah. I have so many, que- more questions than answers when you get done with a Karen Russell book. But I'll probably end up reading all of them. She's a good writer. Oh, 100%. Like, yeah, yeah. I only read the two stories in Orange World. I'm going to go back and finish them because I really did enjoy what I read of them. The thing about Karen Russell is regardless of whether you like the story or not, you're going to get to the end of a story and be like, well, that was at least an interesting idea. Oh, like, yeah, she's an yeah. idea artist. Mm-hmm. Like, she basically, it's like, I, some of the things, it's like, how would you even think about that? Like, I, but it's also makes for a pretty good story. Yeah, and it's like, it's most definitely something to talk about, too. Because at the end, I feel like none of these short stories were like, were like, oh, we can't talk about this because this is boring. It's like, no, we're just like, did you read that one? Like, Yeah. Like, I mean, of all the books that we've talked about today, I mean, they were all good. Even the stories that I would say weren't my favorite, they still are pretty high quality stories. I think that says a lot about, because not every short story, I've read some bad short stories. Yeah, I have too. These authors are up and coming for sure. The fact that they're under 40 and they're already churning out like good short story collections and just good books in general Mm -hmm. means that, I mean, we probably have like 30 to 40 more years of these people putting out like quality work. I can only imagine it's going to get better. Oh, yeah. And I'm look, I look forward to any new books that these authors come out with because yeah. they all will have shown to be good quality. Yeah. I'm not usually into contemporary fiction as much, but, you know, like I'm keeping my eyes on all three of them. Good to find the next classic out there, you know? Oh, yeah. You never know. You know, like I said. 40 years from now, you're telling your great grandkids or grandkids, I read that book when I was... I don't know why I'm talking with a different accent, but... The Great Tornado Auction Story. Yes. It's just like Grapes of Wrath. And they'll be like, whoa, I've never heard of Grapes of Wrath, but I have heard of the Tornado Auction Story. And then I'm like, yeah, it's nothing like Grapes of Wrath. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, that's enough for us today. We made this short story collection long, didn't we? We we accomplished our mission. Oh, I think so. So, yeah, like we said earlier, all these are available on Overdrive. All of them, we have a print copy. Our second book, What Is Not Yours Is Not Yours, we also have in large print. So if your eyes aren't up to a small print, go ahead and grab that copy or CD book if you don't have access to the internet, but you've got access to a CD player, I guess. Yeah. All right. Let's sign out here. Thank you so much for listening with us. My name is Michael. And I am Leslie. And stay tuned to more MCLD Shelf Logic. Bye. Thank you for listening to Shelf Logic. Make sure to hit subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Follow us on social media where we are at MCLDAZ.